demon reach uh, is powered by the power within it, and it's got all those demons or whatever in it. Right. Maybe off topic to start the show. Oh, gravity. <laughs> so, hello. Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. This is the Dresden Files podcast brought to you by the Broken Jars Network. I'm not the director. The director is right next to me. Oh. Is it still? We haven't been endorsed by Tide or anything yet. <laughs> we haven't eaten enough Tide pods for that. So. No. That's fine. Okay, We're you not first. the target audience. Well, we got one person on socialized medicine, so he should be the first one. To <laughs> It's great, by the way. I can just go to the hospital whenever I want. I don't have to worry about pain. I tell you, Sweden is just the best. Okay, I'm leaving again. <laughs> don't yep. make fun of me. Productive today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, death masks. Unless there's any news, news person. Honestly, That's I don't just call anything this time. Yeah. Nope. But we seriously should have timed it better so that we could do blood rites this weekend because the turkey. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. If only we hadn't spent so, it up. so much time on alignments. Ooh. It's more are like we just, the... are we just kind of like bringing up things we thought were interesting, like we usually do, and it's not in a, doesn't have to be that specific in order. Because since segue on the turkey. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that was okay. It's <laughs> before I said anything more. Uh, the entropy curse from the next book, I think it is, is hinted at in this book, or like like. That's like the favorite killing thing of like EC's way to get rid of people. Like well, yeah, Cassius since after. And, and I, I mean, it's certainly something that you could, anyone could do with power and there's two different people who have power. I mean, I'll allow it. I, I feel it's a, a tenuous connection, but you're right. Entropy curse was used before the entropy curse became a plot device. So. Yeah, it was just him. Like it was just like it's just like kind of set up, you know. And he's like, "This is something people like to use. It's because it's like effective." And then next, the next book, I think it is. It's like one of the main plot lines. Yep. So I think well, that was on purpose for sure. And all, right? all the way back to the first one, you have direct uh, magic. It wasn't an entropy curse, right, in Stormfront, but it's definitely a direct curse from the wizard to another wizard, powered by some thing in regularity. I don't know. Uh, Butcher does that. <laughs> yeah, there's like there was like loads of little things I noticed, like going through with that whole retrospective kind of mindset. Also, yeah. I think specific things he did in skin games to kind of make callbacks to this book. Yeah, like Valmont. Yeah, yeah. Like but like also thing, like, like for example that uh, what was it I thought about when I was reading the book um, or listening to it? Um, well. Like, this is the only book I think where there's like we're dressing like no wait and he also like this is the only book where like there's like a hotel thing but I think that's also happened like except for skill games that yeah, also happens thought, with Valmont it's, but yeah with Valmont but like then I thought about Splattercon is actually yeah Splattercons because conventions are lots of times held at hotels and stuff sure and yeah, the White right. Council meeting was held at a wasn't that at a hotel or a hotel conference room. Uh, no, summer night. Yeah, that it's was a convention center. Yeah, they were night, both yeah. like, they were both like, like kind of at Galas skin games, and then here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was on purpose. They just like it's gonna be the same thing, kinda, because it happened in this book with her. So we're gonna do it again. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's semi on purpose and semi the fact that it's like a spy, you know, movie trope, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you gotta have a minute tux or something, right? 
Well, not just that, but I mean, to me, like maybe it's the kind of nerd that I am, but uh, it, the skin game scene is very true lies, you know, where it's just like they're both, you know, undercover, but they're talking about what's going on. And, you know, then the actual professional shows up and it's like, oh, yeah, we should do the thing and, you know, whatever. So I love the uh, the doggy in the back. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> That's what the what? <laughs> The duck in the back as a pistol? Oh. Like, he oh, uses yeah. that as a pretend oh, pistol? Yeah. Right. So I'd like to dive straight into one of my stupid conspiracy theories. Oh, no. Oh. Not Rashid again, is it? No. Oh, okay. He didn't show up in his book. Denarian surrounding Maggie. Like, the oh. end of the curse leads to Maggie's conception. Uh-huh. And that would have been very interesting if changes had been Denarians instead of Winter Night. Okay, so what, I mean, you're going to have to, pretend I'm a guy, you can't just hint about these things, you're just going to have to tell me, so. If, if Dresden had to go to the Denarians in order to save Maggie, right? and they would have caused her creation, albeit indirectly, okay. that would have been the way that he had to save his daughter. Okay. It's just weird. Oh, okay, you got me. And also, it would have been funny for Susan and Deidre to meet again after Susan beat Deidre's ass. I mean, that part would be awkward, but something tells me that Susan still would have died somehow along the way. But it still would have been funny. Because, I mean, what, like, ugh, I, it's, so he, he goes to the Denarians, right, while holding two of the swords? Like, how does that fucking work? Yeah, that would have been know? interesting, too. It was like, would the swords have still worked because the child still needed saving? Or would they have worked against him? Right. Why I keep yeah. saying that no matter what his protestations are, I'm pretty sure he always knew it was going to be the winter night. Yeah, it, uh, that's the thing. It's like there, uh, I, I like to I like to trust Jim and his ability because there are a lot of things where I'm like, man, I don't know how that work, and then I feel like he makes it work. But this is one of those where it's like you can squint and look sideways and you can do all you want, but there are huge roadblocks between Dresden and everything else. It's like on one he becomes a mass murderer, possibly genocidal maniac. On the other. He becomes, okay, sure, he's James Bond, and that's a cool image, but really, still, people are going to die, and he's still playing for the bad team. Mab is bad, don't get me wrong, but she doesn't, like, go out of her way to just hurt random mortals. She's not, like, mass murderer or apocalypse. But, I mean, I guess... More specifically, she can't hurt people that haven't bartered with her. So they already stepped in it by the time Mab's fucking with them. Whereas Denarians are like, hey, guess what's funny? A plague. You know, so. Ha! Huh! You know, oh. the, the Black Plague. Hilarious. Whew. Yeah, anyway. It was funny one. Well, I, 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 would, I would say that uh, there's these think- might have been obstacles in one sense, but they're also storytelling opportunities. Uh, if you have something that looks so weird, so different, you don't think it's going to be possible. Uh, uh, it's going to be impossible to write around it. There's such huge obstacles making that happen. It's an opportunity to have something interesting or clever or different, too. I mean, uh, I, don't, I think that it would be possible. The, the swords wouldn't be a huge issue for me because the cause of the swords is to save the Denarians from, you know, from the fallen angels, right? That is the the bearers of the Denarians. So if I, I think Jim could, I think Jim could have worked something out with the swords specifically. I think the Denarians could. I don't. I don't think that 
the, ha, ha, um, that's, what's that right called? Hmm? The, the curse? No, the right, the, the I ascend to godhood. The dark oh, hollow. Dark hollow. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dark hollow. I don't think that would. I don't think that would ever. He would ever do that. Ever. 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 I could see him accepting Lashiel and kind of like, like working as partners. Like I could have seen that happen. Sure. Not joining the Denarians, but kind of like doing their own thing. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I I think we're gonna see one of them in Mirror Mirror. Because yeah. I feel like he's going to well, have to power up somewhere. So, well, in Mirror Mirror, you got to wonder: Does Maggie exist? Right. Does Maggie exist? Did he still get a coin in the first place? Because if he's playing for the Red Court, would he have still been helping Michael? Like, would he have gone on Larry Fowler and all that nonsense? Right. So, like, we're already so far down the other timeline at this point that I I can't even guess what he would be doing at this point. Right. Because there. If there's a red war, it's because, you know, like Ebenezer started it or something like that, right? Like they took Dresden and he's like, fuck if that's gonna happen, and you know, started the started the war anyway. Like maybe uh satellite Dresden still happens, which is one of my favorite parts in the series, by the way. Like this is the best ending out of any of the books, in my opinion. I mean, changes is still its own microcosm, but you know, does Ebenezer still squish Casse Verde for a little bit of irony because it's like you took my grandson from me, so I'm going to crush the fuck out of your little village and kick off the war anyway. Like, but as far as like what Dresden's doing, like we're so far removed from where he would be, like how he would be involved. Um, you know, does Marcone just wind up with the shroud or does Nicodemus wind up with the shroud and, and the, the plague kicks off, you know, like are we looking at a wasteland in, in the Midwest already, you know? I think Marcone is a lot more important than Dresden realizes. Sure. Like, like Dresden gets kind of the inkling. When Marcone becomes a signatory of the Accords, like, yes, the, okay, he's clearly getting powerful, but I think Dresden likes to ignore him for several books when it seems like the first two books are directed at undercutting Marcone's ability. This one also seems to be both caused by Marcone and trying to steal away from him. And you see that he's getting guard at this point and working with Monarch. And super effective, by the way. Like, mm -hmm. Dresden had to be both a wizard and a detective to follow him at the end of the book. If he had been either one of them, he would have lost him. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. yeah. Marcon is incredibly capable and promoting his own brand of stability in an area. Mm -hmm. And it seems that everything is trying to focus on him not being stable. Because, well, I mean... So Nicodemus, I don't know if he's targeting Marcone in any way, but uh -huh. Marcone wanted the Shroud. The Shroud is going to cause the plagues, and that would have completely destabilized Chicago and the Midwest. It it probably would. I I'm a market as a coincidence without like additional information. Like the maybe they saw really exist in this verse. You know, coincidentally, I was going to say that, but um, no, what I what I was going to say is like it it could be that Nicodemus was already after the shroud and it just was in motion at the same time. It could be that Nicodemus saw an opportunity that once the church mice got the shroud out, he's like, well, I can get it from those punks, no problem, right. and that's how they became involved. But I don't necessarily think that Nicodemus was targeting Marcone. I think him trying to convert him at the end was just like, ah, shit, we're both evil dudes. Like, sign up, bro, you know, type of thing. And it's like, well, now I'm going to have to kill you. 
motivation come on bro weird the more that i examine this book and all the things that he does it's like so they have a snake boy what's his face become father vincent right cassius yeah cassius okay and then he's deliberately getting dressed and involved right it seems like cassius only thinks just to find the shroud when nicodemus wants to offer him a coin like, right so obviously nick isn't sharing all of the information with his people as expected Right. But what he's actually trying to accomplish it seems very bizarre. What's weird about that to me, like when I read it in your notes, is the fact that so Cassius brought him in to find the shroud, but they deliberately went out of their way to waylay an angelic messenger so that they could keep Dresden out of being involved by telling right. the knights to keep him out. Right. That's the part that I don't understand. So, like, I mean, like you want. <laughs> yeah, right? Because. It's not easy to do this thing, so we might as well have Cassius fuck up the entire plan with 50 cents and a payphone <laughs> by by calling Dresden and signing him up. Like, I, I, I don't know. So what's the actual purpose of waylaying the messenger and, and making the knights think that Harry is going to die and that's it? They want. I thought they wanted to keep him out, or maybe yeah, they yeah, just the knights wanted to keep him out because they don't want no. Harry to die. But then well, yeah. the rest of it was that, like, if you don't get involved, then the entire city dies. So they, I guess, he didn't want the knights to have that forewarning that something bigger was happening, or they just they. So one of the things I was going to bring up pre-show, which kind of works here now, is that we we've talked about and speculated before that Anduriel might be like one of the best information mm -hmm. gatherers on the planet, right? So Nicodemus probably knows a bunch of shit that he has otherwise no reason to know. And so maybe it, maybe it's something like, you know, he knows that Michael and Harry are buddy-buddy and he knows that Michael's going to be distracted if Harry's involved and, you know, shit like that. I don't, I don't really know. Cause like when you, when you take two steps back and look at the whole fucking story, you know, like from beginning to end, like while I'm in it, I'm like, yeah, hey, this all makes sense. Let's just keep going. But now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, no, that I if have Ontario no idea. is so good at finding out all that stuff, then why not just track down the church mice directly? They did though. The church but, mice got away. Well, so like, okay, they got away from Italy and guess on the Roche was left there and he was, he died. Right. But how did they find him on the boat? Like Dresden found out from Olsharavas and well, he went there. But he why called didn't Father Vincent afterward and said that he had a lead, so they probably Ah, uh, true. Also it was just, dark. They so just, like, like listened in on it? But it seems like Anduriel <laughs> would have been able to find them independently. Unless that was just entirely retconned. Right. Well I don't and I admittedly I'm only going based off of memory from what they said in Skin Game and his talk with Kringle, but I don't like the way they made it seem like is Andario can listen from any shadow so long as he knows to focus on it. But I uh, don't know that that necessarily means that he knows where anyone is at any given time, anywhere in the world, at all times. Well, yeah, that. I so, mean, that but I mean, we know, know that the identity around. Because. Of the people, like because Cassius as Vincent told Harry that it's uh, Francisca Garcia and Anna Valmont, so you know the identity of them. You know they're in Chicago. It feels like Andorial should uh, be able to figure it beyond that. Well, then it's also possible that this idea wasn't really flushed out then. Yeah, 
Which yeah. is why maybe retcon 10 books later. Maybe, but the, the other thing that I have a tough time with in the Dresden Files, like, overall, is the fact that Harry takes on shit that is way the fuck out of his league all the time, and the Denarians are way the fuck out of his, out of his league. Definitely in Death Mask. Because it's like, okay, so multiple of these dudes that came with Nicodemus have been with their hosts for hundreds of years. Nicodemus has been with his, with Anduriel for thousands of thousands. years. <laughs> you know, like, come on. If, if Nicodemus had slept for 1,800 of those 2,000 years, he's still got way fucking more skill and knowledge and everything than Dresden does. So, you know, like you get a little taste of that and the, the fact that it seems like Nicodemus mostly read the evil overlord list, but there's still some things where it's like, you know, Harry's able to put together his weakness in like 30 seconds and that won't pay off for another five books, but it's just... And it's like nobody you know, else has ever yeah, put that together? One. Right. Right. <laughs> what? It just... Yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of because that's the way it was written. You know, it just it is what it is. Don't think about it too much. Don't ask too many questions. I also, <laughs> I also think this is one of the more kind of like um, the third book, like messier books. Yes. Like, well, that's wise. why the director. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like every time that I go through it, I feel like it's focusing. Okay, so it's like Denarians, 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 and then random vampires. Or it's like it's focusing on the vampires and then like sideslined by the the Denarians again, and for some reason, those transitions are jarring when they shouldn't be. Mm. Like, and it's specifically focusing on that this time. It's like he has both plot lines interweaving as much as he possibly can. He has Shiro talking to the vampires, and he has uh, Susan fighting Denarians directly. It's just like, but somehow it's still weirdly jarring. Well, because what's funny is like he gets done getting his ass kicked, right? And then everyone's like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" He's like, "I gotta go fight the duel." They're like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Yeah, <laughs> the duel was like so. Then, the same thing happened in Blood Rites. It's like so when he's figuring out like the the three witches and everything, and then immediately I have got to go to the homeless shelter and fight Mavra. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. The police are after you. It's this, it's the same kind of jarring motion. Right in my head, and I didn't like it, and I still don't yeah. like it. <laughs> well, except yeah. in in Blood Rights, though, they explain why the police weren't after him. So yes, yes, there, they did. And there and is I good just, in character in world, you know. Yeah, and I feel like it shouldn't be as jarring for Death Mask as it is to me, but somehow it is. It's like right. there's yeah. so much crossover between the the plot lines, and yet I still mix them up. Mm. Yeah, it still feels like the the two books, two completely separate yeah. stories. I think a lot of that has a lot to do with uh, Jim f trying to realize his ambition of this long 20-book epic with a three-part ending and yada, yada, yada. And this is the uh, the book really is just a, sh a book about the Shroud, but with five or six chapters intermixed throughout, but maybe a little bit of crossover. That's this week on the Dresden Files, you know. We well, have they had to the, keep the continuation of the the wartime plot. Yeah, right? they had to keep it's, the war relevant. So, and they, they also have a, they spend a whole chapter with him trying to do the duel, and half that chapter is him just talking to Molly. Molly is being set up as a character. So, a lot of this, yeah, a lot of the weirdness of this book is him trying to do the large arc storytelling while still having uh, a standalone book. There's definitely, I noticed that too. There's definitely a lot of foreshadowing and like building up characters, like introducing. 
Holy Shiro, but I just only this one book with Sanya. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like bringing back guard, setting them up as being better. Guard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of new things that are being introduced in this book, and that's great. Like the fellowship and all sorts of that. It's just somehow, and I can't pinpoint exactly what, but the transitions between things were too rough. But when I'm going down, like, what was a checklist of how I would do this? He's doing it right, but somehow it's just. It it's just didn't too work. Too separate, for you. yeah, and and yeah. I'm not figured out why. Yeah, and I and I I don't know what to tell you because Grave Peril has been like that for me for sure, but I don't have as much of a problem with death masks until yeah. we started talking about some of the continuity shit or the like. Why Cassius is dumb? Like the the other part, oh yeah, God. the other part that annoys me is like so now Cassius is intertwined because he's going to come back in in Deadbeat, Deadbeat. but it's like. But why? Like, and don't get me wrong, that's also one of my favorite scenes is, you know, Dresden oh. beating the fuck out of him oh. because nobody gets justice like Dresden does with that baseball bat. But God, that's and, so good. And getting the paladins to laugh about it afterwards is fantastic because it's like, all right, that's going on your guys' permanent record because you guys laughed at it. But it, you it's an amazing face? part. <laughs> right. So... There, there's so many good things in this book, but I feel like you've got to be along for the ride. Like I, if you, if you try to put too much, you know, extra world logic into it or whatnot, then it does seem a little flimsy now that we're talking about it. So nothing is flimsier than finding out that Fort Hill has a tattoo. Why? What's wrong with that? Because it, it seems like such a, a weird character break for okay for father for he wasn't always a monk. okay there's that thing why does he have a pagan symbol because they Wait, were why does he have an egyptian symbol at this point because egyptian keeps coming up symbol. right and then it's just like he finds mm -hmm. out because he was working on the edition it's just like okay and that connects to the dead body and it's like i get it but that has never come up again right which part the fact that Fort Hill and a bunch of friends decided to go get tattoos because they found a vampire. Well, yeah, because it was only relevant to this plot. Which yeah. it's just like that kind of adds to the flimsiness of I mean, the he, tattoo. He no, he literally says, you know, it happened one time twenty years ago, and nobody else talks about I, it. I and they should have about, I think he's talking about why that tattoo? Why the Ayatoth, right? Well, why Not that tattoo? Why is this the connection that he is using between things to figure out that? I, I just think Jim could have done better with that particular point. He needed the leap in logic between figuring out that Father Vincent is not actually Father Vincent, and so he used Fort Hill in a tattoo. But okay. I, mean, I think he could have done that better. There that just could have been a better tattoo. There could have been a better tattoo. I mean, uh, if it was, it's going to come back later. If it does but come back later, that would be better. What if what if Fort Hill is Black Council? Oh, because they're Egyptians. Just saying. Ha. That's yeah. right. <laughs> what if what if Fort, yeah, Fort Hill's the one betraying them? Except we already know canonically the psycho bomb yeah. came to rescue him when he was yeah, dying. No, whatever. The ghost story kind of like he's too much of a good guy. Psycho bomb wouldn't do guy. that. Canonically, he's a good guy. The yeah. white god likes him. So yeah. uh, it's, I, someone's gonna have I to. I mean, honestly, the thing I found most like I like the the idea of it. Just like he's randomly finds out. It's also the bad. It's, I don't hate it. What I found flimsy about it was just like, oh, we were a bunch of guys. It just so happens to be. Only me and Vittorio, who has the tattoo still. That was probably the most swimsy part. Vittorio's the other guy. Yeah, Vittorio's yeah, Vincent. White Knight. He's equally worthless in his own respect. 
It's just, I, have a theory I feel like about... he could have done something more of like talking about Vincent when he was younger or it's something that betrayed something about the character. Mm -hmm. Not. I'll tell you something that I know about Vincent. It's very important. He dead. He, he's <laughs> not alive anymore. He is a body. <laughs> so. But seriously, Cassius is really dumb. Yeah, he's. He's like the worst of the denarii. Why do you think he's like, not getting a coin back? Nicodemus finally like, finally got rid of this fucking guy. What's with him and the snakes? Fuck yeah. yeah Thanks, Preston. Right. Like, great. You got a guy with snakes. Why? Because we're evil and snakes are scary, okay? So I mean honestly though, that like you get your throwaway line, like, I've never seen a snake spell like that. And like, okay, you know, Voldemort could have done it, whatever, <laughs> you know. So I do have a theory. I have a theory. I have okay, a do it. Why it feels so weird? Why it feels like two books instead of one? So okay. here's my theory. The book that did this type of thing right, where it says, your weekly update on the Red Court War, and this week on the Dresden Files, the Monster of the Week thing, where it has two plots. Okay. The book that did it right was Summer Night, because the okay. premise um, of the book, the overarching thing, is that there's something with the vampires, and Harry has to help the White, right. uh, help the, the white Council Get permission to go across fairyland, and that's right. the war part. Yeah, I would, but the whole I would plot of the book you. is solving this mystery, and that's the task he's doing, the favor he's doing to get that back. So, yeah. so the 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 whole dilemma of there's this overarching plot, and how do you do a, a standalone book while trying to serve that overarching plot? The problem here in this book is, uh, it's just coincidence. Larry Fowler is not Mab. Mab could play things together, but Larry Fowler is not the guy who just coincidentally happens to. No, but they they both went on the show specifically to talk to Dresden. Four oh. people, guys. Four people. Okay, Dresden is there to talk to Morty. Ortega yes. just happens to show up, and so does Father Vincent. Are you yeah, fucking kidding me? <laughs> that's such. No, a, that's such a at least, at least. Ortega inserted himself there. He found out that an area was going to be there and inserted himself. Sure. And, and I, mean, I wish, I wish that there would be some kind of thing where there's some cause for them to be there. The Larry Fowler thing could just be a joke. But why uh, they happen? Why do these two plots happen to coincide right now? That's the biggest thing. Because um, they so, have to. I mean, it's the next yeah. book. <laughs> That's basically. I mean, because the because the, another another good example is. Uh, is proven guilty, right? Proven guilty. Yeah, proven they guilty have that, is really good. About that. that whole instance with, uh, you know, them bestowing the gifts to um, to Morgan and Harry, and it's one of those. Hey, guess what? While you were busy kicking, you know, fetches asses in winter, like Morgan was over there killing nobles and shit, you know, fighting the war, you know. So right, it just, right, yeah, Which because it's another of my favorite books. Yeah. Yeah. Proven Guilty did it really well in the fact that Molly being tied up with, like, uh, Michael was off saving the trainees. Yeah. That well, one intertwined everything up. very well. That I, like, I just love the whole thing with Dresden taking a leap of faith but on Michael's behalf. It's like, God is not going to let Michael down. I don't believe it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I didn't take a leap of faith. I took yours. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so the the problem in, with this one is specifically that there's no reason for these two things to happen at the same time. Larry Fowler is not that influential of a guy. Uh, that South oh, he's America. He's fucking Jerry Springer. He's just saying yeah, Jerry Springer, right? Jerry Larry, Springer Larry, is Larry, not Larry, that Jerry, influential. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Right. Even Larry, Larry. Even then, even in the '90s, 
Larry Springer was not that influential. Right. So no, but I definitely think I definitely think he's trying to introduce <laughs> a lot of the the things that are gonna happen. Like he want like that's why also why I think some of the books later are so good. All these things have been introduced and the story flows better and but you know, like, the only reason for Larry Fowler is so that we could have the ongoing butt of the fact that he's getting sued every other book. Yeah. Until right, that right. just disappears and you don't hear about it again. <laughs> Well, well, he, he did, did kind die. of die, so yeah. <laughs> right. Even the courts let you off the hook at that point. Well, they try. <laughs> and it's not like he had any family on record. You know, Maggie isn't on paper. Maggie is not his. I think someone has taken daughter. care of her, right? She's on paper what? now. Yeah, now maybe. Yeah. But he's also back to the land of the living on paper, so. Yeah, Probably. he got a jury summons. I mean, my God. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that was set up though. Yeah, or she'd so. know what he was doing. That's why he did it. And he was like, "Yeah, you should be on jury duty." Right. Hold on, because now you're you're gonna break my brain for a little microcosm. So Rashid didn't just make him back to life for the White Council. Rashid also knows the government spooks to make him back to life officially. Officially, the White Council probably has that white paperwork all tied up oh, yeah, so that people have specifically to said, I think I, yeah, I think I remember the forms for the government. I mean, he, you know, it was all I thought it was quote unquote white, official paperwork. I'm pretty yeah, sure the whole the White Council must work. almost have a department because they live hundreds of years <laughs> for people to take care of like official paperwork. I'll buy that. <laughs> How did well, you get sure, this I mean, form from Revision Three from 1876? <laughs> We're very well, good. We at makes a comment one time that they have a whole bunch of quote unquote financial warriors that handle that. That's, so there's no true, doubt they true. have. Governmental paper bureaucracy. Can you imagine being a wizard and then just being an accountant? Can you imagine a, being a riftmancer? A riftmancer, I guess. Well, guess what? Their <laughs> wizards aren't what I mean. Like wizards, something they can do. It's not what they are, right? Because like, even Engine Joe goes to fucking school to get his PhDs in medicine. Yeah, he well, can like literally every... bend life energy and heal somebody, but he still goes to fucking school to get his PhDs every couple of years, like. I think it's every they 30 years read. or what is it, 20 uh, years he goes yeah, again? Whatever. So, yeah. I mean, the, the point is that they study. Like, how about this? Could you imagine being a fucking wizard and being fucking Peabody? Like, yeah. I mean, it's the same no type of evil. thing. <laughs> no wonder he's evil. He's a fucking records keeper with a name Peabody. Like, I'd go nuts, too. So, Hundreds of years, Peabody? Come on. Dude's definitely a... How connected is a black council slash outsiders throughout the Red Court? I would say not very, honestly. Because Cal and Kamori were there at Bianca's party. Ortega was there at Bianca's yep. party. Yep. And it seems we never like see black a council point of, small really point of involved we don't in the war. Him. We don't see him at the party. Oh. Yeah. He wasn't at the party. He was there after, after. after the party. He's there to like okay. witness. Yeah. Yes, he's an observer. So he... We he might not have been on the floor, but he was probably there watching everything go down. Yeah, watching. So, yeah, <laughs> but and then the the outsiders seem to have a lot of involvement with the war because they show up several points, like in proven guilty at least once, and various other times, so like the Sicily and and stuff. Yeah, and all so, of that kind of culminates in people trying to destroy the White Council and changes with via Dresden, Ebenezer, and all that. Well, just cut them really deep again. You know? Yeah. And Ariana just wants a promotion. But her husband, and the way she called it, grandchild, was really involved with Count Kamori. But how much does Ortega know? 
So, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I get the feeling that the red court isn't in on it, like not largely. I think they're benefiting from it. I feel like they're getting pushed, but I don't feel like it's not. I don't think that uh, I can't pronounce the dude's name, but I don't think the Red King is orchestrating something. Cool can. Thank you. I don't think I don't think the Lords of Outer Night are even necessarily in on it, though it does leave room to speculate that they they could be outsiders of some kind themselves. But I at the end of the day, like I don't think Ortega knows. Like that's part of why the the uh duel in the first place, right? If Ortega thought that they had the Black Council support and they were gonna crush the White Council for sure, he'd just fucking blunder ahead with it. But instead, but, he's doing the politician thing, and he's like, "I want to save my people." But yes, yeah. but as Cheryl pointed out, it's like they were already preparing for the war. Right. They were right. already and he thought being it was premature, it. even then. Right. Yes, and, and every, they thought it was premature, and they weren't ready for it. But and the Black Council is getting blah 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 blah. But right. the Red Court is being pushed to start a war. Yep. Yes. And they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. I well, feel the- like I feel like the Black Council might be on the side sending advisors and being like, "Hey, guess what? If we do this, that, and the other thing, we'll get you into Archangel. You can bring it down, and you can take these fuckers out." Like I, I think they might, you know, they might know something along that so- side, but they don't necessarily know like, "Oh, hey, guess what? Outsiders are doing it," and nemesis and 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 like i i feel like maybe they they from their perspective they've got some rogue wizards helping them like it could be something like that simon is cowl and then he manipulated the red core from the inside well Well, it works everybody it works one of two ways either and you can start from the top down since everything happens because of the red kings say so essentially so one is either he actually is a crazy blood junkie which makes the red court easy to infiltrate in other respects and be used as a pawn by the Black Council and the Outsiders and this, that, and the other thing. Or, he is either A, taken by Nemesis, or B, just complicit in knowing what the Black Council is up to, and is actively working with them to some degree. And then either way, the Red Court, whichever way you slice it, is pretty much just a pawn of the Black Council and the Outsiders and all that, because they have the FOMOR ready to step in, which is their quote-unquote real objective so i think the either way the red courts are useful weapons in which case they could have just done all the work themselves and then been disposed of at any given moment or they were an active obstacle and they needed to be gotten rid of so sorry what you said kind of broke my mind in another place so the fomor right mm-hmm are they coming back because the White Council is weakened, or were they waiting in the wings because there wasn't Power space vacuum. in the Accords? I know, no, right? Because, uh, because they say but, at the end of the changes that he that the power vacuum left over by the Red Court was immediately being filled, and that was the FOMOR. They were right, right there, ready to go. So, that, But they would have done it, like if the White Council had gotten wiped out, they would have done the same thing there, but that doesn't make sense to me. Well, no, like, it's, not, it's, it's not necessarily that one of them had to go to make room for the FOMOR. It's that if the FOMOR being used by the same people that were using the Red Court, then the Red Court works in two ways for them. Either they win and get rid of the big obstacle on the White Council and do whatever else they were going to do, and then can be discarded at any moment going forward, or 
they were an active obstacle in some way, perhaps to Nemesis, to the the Fomor and all this, the other thing, and were being set up all along to be taken out. Right. But either and way, that's part of they why had they their use. Early, you know, yeah. They weaken the White Council, but really we're getting out of the way for other reasons, probably just because, you know, we've discussed before they're one of the two superpowers, quote, you know, for lack of a better word, in the supernatural world. You've I mean, got, you have to consider that the Red Court basically pissed everyone off. They pissed off the fairies. They pissed off the council. Nicodemus says in small favor that they're dangerous to his plans, and he would just as happily had up with Dresden to get rid of them. But Nicodemus seems to be trying to build up in order to fight the outsiders. Sure. But yes, and it makes sense because the Red Court, like, you know, if they're dangerous to his plans, I mean, they're summoning outsiders. They're clearly... So, like, he's already against them. Um, so, you know, that puts them on the Madshit's side, too, because yeah. of that. And plus, they invaded the, the fairy territory. So, the Red Court, either whether they're pawns or active collaborators, either way, they were gonna go. Because they had just built up too many enemies that even if they managed to take out the council, everyone else was gonna come after them anyway. Sure. Well, in in the process of, you mean, right? Because yeah. like most most of the people they piss off, like Mab, for instance, they pissed off because they're just running over our borders and shit. So Right, because they did the, you know, they upset the status quo, which is the big no-no. And I'm sure summoning outsiders into fairy probably didn't go unnoticed either, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, summoning them out at all. I mean, sure. Location, yeah. location is adding insult to injury, almost certainly. You follow them into the never-never with outsiders you're going to just put salt in the wound, but you're summoning outsiders in the first place. You, you're not going to have a good time from one particular court. I agree with you. Okay, sorry. Death masks. What else we got going on? Harry and Ivy. Susan. No, screw them. Talk about the archive. <laughs> Harry yes. and Susan can be talked about for any book up until she finally gets what yeah, we talk about oh, yeah, Harry but and, the, the Isn't this pretty much the last one until, uh, until changes? This yeah, is where Mankey's conceived, and then he pretty much gets over her. He's like, Mostly, he puts away the ring and stuff. Right. It's also kind of hard for her to like show up pregnant and still keep that bomb from him. And also, you know, like, hey, Harry, it's nice to see you. Oh, don't mind me making phone calls to check on the kid. You know. So yeah, we don't see her again until so changes. So this is our last chance to annoy you with talking about Susan uh, until changes. Which will yeah. be the last time ever we get to talk about Susan. So let's talk about Susan. Oh, so, and that's, My luck doesn't yeah. work that way. She's going to come up as a, some pleasure. Yeah. Susan's past. Yeah, mirror, mirror. <laughs> we yeah. all know Susan is coming back. And then she'll show up in the big apocalyptic trilogy somehow, some way, because why not? Because he's going to bring her back from the other side. It's like yeah, Revelations. Exactly. The dead are going to rise. Everyone's going to come back to life. After I mean, so if he did do the Dark Hollow and changes, then, I mean, like as Jim said, all his friends would be dead, so he can just... Them well, presumably up. he would no, because he would presumably wouldn't suck them up. He would just go and do it yeah. in like uh, do it like on Demon Reach, not suck up the people though, but suck up the animals and the life. And yeah. hey, if you did a Dark Hollow on Demon Reach, and you can get all those beings sucked up, right? But then he didn't know they were there. Is my point? Yeah. yeah. No, but you would be like. First of all, I don't. I, I think you would be like you, you wouldn't would, be the same person anymore. It'd be like, you and the no, white you, god. You, you absolutely wouldn't. If he if he was able to pull off that kind of thing with all the things down there, he would essentially be, you know, a, like a dark archangel on top of his own self. At least, yeah. So, but I think I don't think you could passively absorb them if you don't know they're down there. Those are the kinds of things. Plus, demon reaches containment. You would have to 
be the warden, actively know how to let them go, and then actively want to be sucking them up in order to pull that off. I don't think you could just passively go there and do it. That was like oh. quadruple entendre, so we're going to need to change the subject. But uh, no. <laughs> okay, so so I mean, we could talk about the fact that probably half of our listeners know anyway that you know Susan and Harry's thing is practically a bet again, you know, because mm -hmm. that's how Jim likes to write his his stories. So, you know, he was having it out with some author who said that you can't make a, a love scene plot relevant, and he said, "Oh, really?" No, no, and then it was a BDSM scene specifically. Right. I was, and I was going to say, it's like went for the bonus points, right? So, so yeah. See, um, and now you know why it's so jarring, because he had to shoehorn in the red court with Susan coming back because he had to win this bet. There you go. Mystery ah. solved. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think the Ivy thing is the more interesting thing to talk about. But, you know, do you guys want to antagonize EG some more with Susan? I mean, I just think that they handled the relationship in a very adult fashion. Well, a very adult, you know, <laughs> consenting adults. Yeah. And they, 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 they tried the to undercut it at first with Molly being, you know, oh, why don't you just tie her up? Right. Yeah. I was like, how about the fact that Molly gives him the fucking idea practically? That except, she has handcuff keys you know. and this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. She's a Catholic school girl. So, yeah. Point. Of a literal Knight of the Cross paladin. I mean, She's she's going way. <laughs> There's a reason right. she had handcuffed keys and mental magic. She's right. basically, uh, yeah, basically a preacher's kid. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's like it's kind of funny because the person she's rebelling against is not her dad. She's not nothing but love for her dad. I think it's her it's her mom. Oh yeah, easily. Because yeah. charity is overbearing to the nth degree. I mean, every you know, uh, great. She's a loving mother and this, that, and the other thing. But she's. An overbearing, judgmental. Not a shit Dresden had to go to to be accepted. It's like, unreal. and even then, it's only because he has a kid, basically. No, no, no. She's no. accepted before that. She's like family's face. Yeah, space. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. Uh, so, you th you really think that proven guilty didn't get him anything? You know, in her good graces, that it had to wait till after changes. It, it almost <laughs> got squandered right there in the end when she's arguing with him again. You just want to save your own skin. I mean. Well, he okay. goes through all that with her, and she's still okay. immediately ready to knee-jerk reaction against him. I'm not saying she's not a bitch, but <laughs> that's my only point. She's yeah. an overbearing, judgmental. She's, I mean, she's trying. She's trying to do her her right stuff. You know, take care of Michael. She, I mean, because we find out, right? She makes his armor, so she is the reason he comes home as often as not. Probably, like she spars Unless with Dresden him. gets involved, in which right. everything she does to protect her family fails. You know what? Then be angry at God. He's supposed to protect him. Which she is oh, in proven guilty. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but my point is, she's she gets mad at the uh, the human, the physical representation of the problem, which is Dresden. When she's supposed to be having this super Christian faith in the God that's going to protect her husband at all times. One thing yeah, that is relatable the... about her is how fallible her faith is. Like, when... and they're not—they're not those kinds of Christians, right? Like, like you don't see. Yeah, Michael doesn't walk around being like, "Oh, why does all this bad shit happen, God?" You know, he's not that guy, right? No, but like, she is perfectly willing to, it seems, be. You know. Uh, for lack of a better word, judgmental about the fact that things happen to her husband just because Harry comes around. So she's more willing to put the faith aside that things are just going to work out and be okay because she's angry that her husband got her. 
Well, she's I think it's, it's one of those things where. <laughs> what, what what was Michael's phrase? Uh, my faith protects me. My armor helps. Right. There's there's prudence involved too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's I help those not, who help themselves. You know. Well, uh, <laughs> that's not in the Bible. But, uh, <laughs> throw that out there. Uh, yeah. No. It's it's much. It's I think for charity. It's it's more that she's she's a character with good, well written flaws, and that's just one of the flaws, right? Yes. Um, that she, she comes from personal experience. So, magical cult. She, she does have a gen, she does have a genuine faith, but she also uh, she also sees Harry, and Harry just represents all that she resents. And she is perfectly polite when she's inclined not to be. You know, charity used iodine. <laughs> she's cleaning the wound. She knows she should, so she does it. She's not happy about it, but you can't change how you feel. So it's the iodine. Right. She had something else. Mm-hmm. It, right, right. she she definitely did, but like you, the question you got asked, she used iodine. Was it expired? But what I was going <laughs> to say though too is we're talking about who does who and having faith that everything's going to work out. I have two words for you: the warrior. Do you think Michael just sat back and like shit? My daughters are kidnapped, but yeah. it's okay. Everything's going to work out. I got the faith, you know. Like no, there's still people, and Michael's right. going to fuck some dude up. Like I, you know. That, that's what you get in Mirror Mirror. We've got Blackguard Michael because somebody done stole his daughters doing something stupid. Like Yeah, Leah probably stole Molly at that point. That's but, that's true. Sure, um, but I, I would also, and not to get too far, if we're gonna this see mess, I would wonder that, if he would have had quite that same, I mean, yes, he would have been super protective and been angry and this, that, and the other thing. But if he was still in fighting shape and had the sword, I have to imagine some of that would have been uh, you know, it wouldn't have been a race, but it would have been curtailed a little bit because he would have had his own personal faith and belief in the fact that he could then do something. Sure, I can't believe well, how. To be fair, he also doesn't have the sword anymore, and he's like, like when, when in the warrior, who said so that? What the cat? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The empty basket. <laughs> the empty basket of fuzz. No, I mean my point is that yes, that's what I just said. <laughs> Like that's literally point for point what I just said, right? I mean, but I was I was just repeating it, and then I was gonna. Oh yes. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Go go go. That's professionalism. This should definitely be edited out. Hey uh, Eddie, Eddie, take this out, okay? Thanks, thanks, Eddie. Eddie, the editor, is that what you're gonna do? Really, (laughs) really? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, man. Um. Yeah, Ivy. Where do you get these guys? (laughs) Yes, Ivy. So I'm just going to certificate or not. Right. I'm just going to start with that. Right. I I had one of those random shower thoughts when I was listening to it this time. And she's like, I don't have a name. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have a name? If you don't have a name, you don't have a birth birth certificate. Because if you had a birth certificate, you fucking know what your name is because you know everything that's written down. And that's that's kept me up for like three nights this week. So (laughs) whole birth, easy, easy, easy solution. Yeah, uh, there, there is that, but in the fact that she does seem to have some amount of legitimate bank accounts, you have to have a name to have a bank account. Like no, the I mean, she repository knows. of all human knowledge, can like she knows her password. It's a corporation. Obviously, the archive is a corporation. That's why we have to have all the books, the the laws on the yeah, books about corporations. Still demands. That... What in the fuck? Motorcycles. I got a freeway right there. Sorry. Nice. Isn't yeah. everything on fire? What are you? 
<laughs> no, we just said rain. It's not that again. Anyway, Edit so point, Eddie, the corporations are people, so that's how we get around it. The archive corporations is still archive generally and insist that people have to have names and like paper. Well, I mean, she's got LLCs. She, right? she doesn't have a bunch of hundreds of thousands of dead people's social security numbers and names that she could make a bank account under. She doesn't also seem true. like the kind that would just steal she someone's knows, identity. She They're knows dead. everything. She knows everything that is written down, including how to make money legitimately and illegitimately. So she's probably launders her own money. <laughs> like, On top of the fact that she's basically run by the mantle, nine, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, the mantle is at, at a minimum amoral. It will just do what it does to keep her alive. She's not going to care if she steals someone's identity. Shell corporations everywhere. Like, hey, Kincaid, throw another million in the in the laundry mat. You know. Yeah, so. I mean, Kincaid could go and fill in the. It could be all under his name, and he she just has access to it or whatever. I I wouldn't go that far because I mean, apparently his contract is temporary. Like, oh, you're paid up through April. So it's like, what the fuck? Why would yeah. that just not be auto renewed? Come on. Well, sure, but we we also kind of find out later that he had more connection there. I, yeah. That seems like a little bit more of a perfunctory. Uh, yeah. Thing. But because I think on paper, he likes to think of himself as a mercenary and not her daddy. Well, and at this point, he's got like the best gig in, in the universe, right? Like, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, sure. Drives her around, gets her cookies, fights some vampires. people. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Ha he's happy. Snipes Denarians and wizards, you know. So I mean, you know, he's not working for Dracula anymore. It's gotta be twenty times easier. Well, and it seems like his contract is open a little bit, right? Because he does get the occasional side gig. So mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Well he's you know, next book he's gonna be in. He goes to Hawaii once in a while. That too. Yep. At least once. So, which irritates me because I realized that should have totally been in briefcases, which means that he didn't write it, which means he's going to have to do another fucking anthology, no matter how much he pisses and moans about it. So, mm -hmm. it's like you already got more stories. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I uh, we could we could tempt fate and say that it could be a lengthy flashback in Mirror Mirror or something, or in uh, or in one of these upcoming books when Kincaid shows up. Peace talks. Peace talks. Everything right. happens in peace talks. A lengthy right. flashback. because yeah. peace Back talks to Hawaii. is the apocalyptic trilogy that we just don't know yet. Actually, I I buy it in peace talks because Kincaid's going to have to be there, right? Because, because Ivy's going to have to be there because it's peace talks. And so we're going to have that awkward, like, hey, guess what? Karen and Dresden are a thing now, and you are like the naughty ex-boyfriend. and That uh, killed him. And then he, he'll be like, hey, guess what? Karen, do you remember that time you and I went to Hawaii and... Dresden's going to be like, motherfucker. Are you and then there's four chapters. It just fades out on him saying that. Four chapters of them <laughs> A flashback Hawaii. to the thing on Hawaii, yeah. yeah and yeah. then Kincaid, he only I mean, gets four chapters. Her ex-husband has to be there because Chicago and FBI <laughs> and the, the oh, veil gets really. lifted and all that. So No, Dick. it gets. It should be, I mean, it'll be with Tilly. If, or her ex-husband being there is just. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be there just to make it her. uncomfortable. That would, yeah, that would just be for plot needling. Right. There's no reason Rick be, should be a part of this. He's going to be Tilly's partner now. So, yeah. <laughs> and Tilly's going to be two days from retirement. So you know how that's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come back as a Valkyrie. He's too old for this shit. He, he's going to have a sex change and then die. Oh crap! I'm yeah. the other guy. Yeah, I know hard and hard and earn him. You watch the other guy. Out. Either way, the guy is can't be a Valkyrie. I just yeah. feel pe people shitting on the culture of my in, people in right now. Yard. <laughs> I know harder and harder. Harder, harder, harder. I know harder. No, that's, 
That's Swedish, guys. Come on. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Very distinct dialect of. Perhaps uh, <laughs> Andre could give us a sampling at his earliest convenience. I I like your pronunciations, but I I'd understand if you hate everybody right now. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Swedish, so I can't really help you with that. Sorry. You keep saying that, but. No, no, the way Danish. to remember it. I'm the better yes. Nordic country. You have, you have an apple <laughs> filling. You're a Danish. Uh, okay, so... So is there anything else people wanted to cover with Ivy? Um, <laughs> or I no, I just want to quickly top. object to the notion that an apple Danish is the best. That is clearly incorrect. It's probably Bear Claw. Uh, well, uh, uh, Ivy. Hmm. Ivy. Ivy's a scary, creepy little girl who likes kitties. Right. And she gets retconned. And knows everything that's ever been written down, ever. What is it with you and retconned? How does she... Because Wait, she so Ivy, clearly goes through Ivy's in this changes. book, and, then, and Ivy comes back at book 10. Why didn't she go see... Why didn't we see her in book 15? That was sad. Because the Denarians follow the pattern, not everything involved with them. But both... The also, not everything follows there. the fucking pattern, and not everything's a mantle. Valmont didn't show yeah, up in but, small favor, but she shows up in Skidney. Yeah, Ivy, Ivy already shows up in 12. She's called she on the phone. Yes, she's off screen for five oh, seconds. Okay. That's not showing up. I want more Ivy, okay? Well, okay, when Peace Talks comes out. You can whine after the show. I want to know how she gets retconned. Her because past, she basically goes from, like, uh, the, the description of her past and her mother and all that gets completely changed in no, small favor. There's that's like, weird. okay, yeah, she had a mother who died young. And then that's the only thing that really stays. No. They they said persistent vegetative state, right? Mm -hmm. Like they said those words in the They book. did say those words in Death yes. Masks. Yes. They did not they say those words in Small Favor. In Small Favor, it's right. that she committed suicide. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, yes, it doesn't, you it sure? doesn't preclude the ability that she's a vegetable, but... I was like, are we sure we're not splitting hairs? And well, we're not being pedantic because maybe she attempted suicide and that's how she wound up in a persistent vegetative state? Yes, it's possible, but it seemed like the emphasis was put on the fact that she would rather and did rather kill herself than carry the archive to term. Right. So well, yes, those two, have, they're yes, not but incompatible ideas, right? They're not. They're not. But it's not, um, you know, it's it's still a little... It could it could be a distinction without a difference, yes. But at the same time, it seems like an unnecessary addition if you didn't want her to just be dead. Because this way, it kind of seems like oh well, she died because she gave you know she gave birth and the mantle went out of her, and that's just a fact of what happened. Versus, she actively killed herself because she didn't want to do this. Well, I mean, and taking it even a step further, like from Ivy's perspective, is it literally the same thing? Because you know, if, if she's in a persistent vegetative state, then she's probably being cared for somewhere, and she knows what her doctor's file looks like, so she knows she ain't coming back from that without some kind of, you know, miracle intervention. So that that's why I'm like, to me, it doesn't feel like a retcon. It feels like... I feel, you know what? Maybe we can look at it as in this way. The archive has decided that this is the way to describe it, to insulate sure. Ivy from what we then later find out is the quote-unquote true reason, and again, it doesn't have to be incompatible, she could be a, a vegetable now, but we find out later that it was this more active and intentional act on her mother's part that we know Ivy knows because they say directly in that 
book, you know, and Ivy knows that this is what her mother chose to do. Right. But so maybe this is the archive kind of softening the blow because it has to, because she's a kid, because she needs insulation. Maybe, but you know, we, cause we otherwise, is it, is it just word of Jim or does it come up in the books that it's like, normally the archive is older before they become the archive. Like it's a little that was, bit of that a, was the thing. Uh, that, that was a small favor. Who says that, right? Gotcha. No, it was Lucio. Okay. Lucio. Yeah. So, so yeah, she is like, normally you're supposed to be older and have a little bit of your own personality before. And that's part of why it's so weird that she doesn't have a name and why it's even more important that Dresden names her, which we still haven't figured that out in the text. Cause I think that's something that Jim brings up in his Q and A's, but um, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely stuff going on there and, and I'm sure we're going to see it. I mean, what, what kind of little girl has all the power of the, you know, like senior council, for example, and just rolling around in her head. So it just, yes, she's big and scary and like sets off all of his wards in a way that he, had, mm -hmm. he hadn't experienced up to that point. So, which I thought was a fun little, you Great know, moment, yeah. yeah, twist on the trope. Like he's all panicking and battening down the hatches and shit. And then like a polite little knock in a little girl's at the door. And it's like, what? <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. That and it's like, and if you do violate the duel, I will kill you. <laughs> you know, it's like right. And then yeah. we later find out she's handling a substance that the only other person we see actively doing anything with it is Hades. Hades. I mean, yeah, we see oh, it pop up from Peabody, right? but it just yeah. kind of gets set loose, right? Yeah, yeah. Why does she have Mordite? Because she why needed not? to. I, mean, I imagine yeah, academically, it makes sense to have it. It does kind of seem like, okay, academically she could have it, she's the archive, whatever. Why use it for a duel? Because it, because it because settles it. Because it's willpower. Yeah. I mean, it's, that, she says it right there. It's it's susceptible to will so that, I mean, what else are you going to use? They put an enchantment on it that was susceptible oh. to will. So That's a yeah. fantastic point. Okay, hang on, hang on. And Mordite is a bit, a bit of stuff from outside, right? Yeah, yes. why does she have outside stuff? Oh. But then, but then, the thing about oh, this, the Starborn have this whole thing with Will, right? Right? They're right. super good with their Will, and Harry can use his magic to attack outsiders because he's a Starborn. He's got this Will thing going on. I don't think that has will. anything to do with this Will. I, uh, if 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 Mordite responds to Will, uh, I think there's a connection there between the outside and Starborn and Mordite. I I think Mordite I follow. I think I follow what you're trying to say, but like if if he had a starborn advantage, you're then picking up what he's putting down, he should have been able to crush Ortega, right? Well, like, no, it, uh, a starborn advantage, which means like he's he's bumped up a couple lever levels to Ortega's level or something like that. Maybe. I'm just pointing out uh, it's if it's susceptible to will, that will have implications in the future too when Harry inevitably goes outside or does whatever. Oh, you think when he violates the going beyond the outer gates, like he's going to literally go out beyond the outer gates? And it's susceptible to wow. will, and he's a starborn with super will. And once he levels right. up, his super will will be even more super. So I'd, I'd love to see him fight Cthulhu wearing Mordite armor. Why not? You know, thanks for putting that in my brain. I think yeah. he's going to have Amarachius and say, let there be light or something. I don't know. He doesn't get so, to use his sword. Dormammu, I've come uh -huh. to bargain. Like, we're going to have a full-on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had to go back in time to get the time stones so he could go bargain with Dormammu so that 
Oh, wait, sorry. Okay, well, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I the the why she has Mordite stuff doesn't really bother me. It's just, well, it just like, it's like her function. So. It seems okay for the, the, the archive to have Mordite. It just mm -hmm. seems a bit like a massive overkill for that kind of a duel when I'm sure there's something else that could work. Well, there's no, okay, so two things. There's there's no question, right? When the Mordai touches you, you bamf out of existence. So there yeah. is no like, well, you know, if we look at it sideways and if I was really kind of winning, no, you're fucking dead. You died. That's that's the argument we're having. My second question is, what the fuck else would you use? It's a battle of wills. What are you going to do? This isn't like Vicini and, you know, the man in black in The Princess Bride where they're like, oh, I tricked you, that battle of wills, right? Mm -hmm. How the fuck do you... What what is a battle of wills when one guy doesn't walk away from it? What does that look like? It's an elegant solution, I think, because otherwise you have to have some kind of enchanted thing that responds to will that ends up with the same result, right? Could or have been a magic spear. <laughs> it just seems a bit weird to use something from the outside when you could probably get the same effect of something from inside. Okay, like it should have been antimatter instead. I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean outside I that that yeah. like the emphasis on building. that. We had to see it before it got used. That is in, true. By I mean, I guess that it it had to right. be like. I yeah, I got introduced. I got no answer. Tick of skun. Yes. Guess what? Guess what? Write it down and ask Jim when he comes back on the show. That's a great question for him. And it's one we don't have an answer. Dozens for. of years. It, it would definitely. No. It what? would definitely fit. It would definitely. Fit. After peace talks, he didn't say when. Yes. Well, okay, That's yes, true. there's Not there's more after. years after peace talks than there were before, I suppose, <laughs> if you're going to be a pessimist about it. but uh, Or, or uh, you know, I've seen 14,561 futures. <laughs> and in how many of them did peace talks come out next year? None of them. Oh, well, the answer least, is one. At least one. Yeah. Oh, at least one? We're, oh. It's ours, because mm -hmm. we're in the brightest future. We're in, we're Best in... of all possible worlds. Thank yes. you, Leibniz. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Are, did we decide we're in the one that Harry failed in Summer Night? Oh, no, that's no. right. Well, yes, if, but if it happens, I mean, really, we're just trying to we're just trying to figure out which is the worst of the better things, and we talked well, about the one where the world survives. Sounds good. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, global warming is bad, right? But we beat Hitler, so that's what I'm saying. Like we're okay. He's out. <laughs> mm -hmm. We had that discussion last time, right? Like. Dunkirk, man, he should have crushed him. So we got to be in the world where he didn't for some reason. So, yeah, well, yeah, but that's the same world that Harry's in. Well, so yeah, there are two Harry's then. Overrated. So Harry's, so Harry's is the slightly better future where global warming is actually man-made instead of you know the the summer court one here. So, mm -hmm. and really though, ours could still be the brighter future because the summer court one. And that's why it's getting so warm is because bright and that heat's got to go somewhere and it's just going to, Hey, are we, are we, we have some, uh, this has evolved into uh, complete nonsense. Uh, Prove it. <laughs> well, I have a shard of complete nonsense right here and uh, comparing it to the podcast and I'm seeing right through. And it's I have a dumb question. Yes. What balance did Ulshar of us care about? The what balance. balance? The ones that the, just... denari the denarians, you know, that's what they always do. But they why do I give they... a shit?
because she's yeah, an angelic no. messenger. She's you, not an angelic messenger. No, she's you not. Read, you read the comics, right? Like with what the Naga it? and how they care about preserving the balance. Like the balance isn't just a white god versus the Denarians type of thing. I don't the, remember any comics with Nagas. Well, yeah, it is. I do in the forest with the yeah. ghoul goblin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. When we talked about ghoul goblin. And the giant snake, okay. you know, the Indian chick, the giant snake is oh, the Indian chick. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, uh. They're preservers of the balance, too. Like, it's it's a cosmic thing. There's so many different Light types of balances. When I was thinking about this. Evil and, and good. Okay, go. <laughs> it's, okay, so obviously there's balances between, like, angels and demons and wow, that, and, and whatever fairy balances and whatever. But, like, Osharvas is not either of those. So what balance does she care about? A spiritual balance. Inside, outside. It's probably more, new, more, uh, probably blander. Probably I mean, she's, in, she's a quote-unquote oracle spirit that exists outside of time, so she sees things differently. So she so, probably has that kind of balance in mind, too. I imagine, yeah, just good versus evil. So, mm, But I kind of like the Jedi thing sometimes of like you can overdo good. No, the Jedi were actually terrible. The Jedi were true neutral. They weren't good guys. Like mm. they preserved the status quo. If you want to, if you want to get into that, right? Like, will do it. You know, so, because if, if you read a lot of the books, like they're the peacekeepers, right? And so, when a war breaks out, they want to talk you to death, right? Like, sure, they had their lightsabers and people died and whatever, because that's more exciting. But they're peacekeepers. The peacekeepers aren't running around like, you know, they they didn't build great cities and do all this other crazy shit. And sure, some of that happened too, right? But war broke out. They were okay with the blockade because no one's dying. You know, like that sort of thing. So anyway, she, I just took it at face value. She's, you know, she's got part of the prophecy because she exists on that kind of wavelength, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of why you had to call her up in the first place. Well, are we sure it's a she? I don't, anyway. Well, says she seems to be a she. Oh, Jockey is male. Maybe maybe because she was in a Cabbage Patch doll and otherwise it's weird. But I think Bob also said she. Yes. Okay. So so anyway, um, yeah, like I just took it as a basic good versus evil thing. It just it doesn't seem like in the the way that oracles are kind of described as having to preserve the balances, it almost seems robotic. She seems more like she made a specific choice. She wanted things to go in a certain way. She's slightly because benevolent. Yeah, she, it'd be, she didn't want to work with him because she thought he was a sorcerer. So there, right. there's that. And then uh, she fulfilled the bargain. She made him think of why do you do what you do, which is so important to all of his decision makings, especially in this book. And then she told him even more than that of the rest of the prophecy. She was clearly pushing something. Maybe she's helping preserve the balance in a way that we don't know yet, or oh, sure. maybe well, not. I think, I, think balance, I think balance tends towards not just a good versus evil in this sense, but a fullness versus absence. You know, it's it's a lie. There's the whole prophecy being restored. I don't know how right. you can say. I don't think she, I don't think that in that context that character would lie if everybody knew all the truth. I don't think that's that kind of. Balance. I think it's a balance of specifically uh, restoring uh, restoring something absent. Well, and that I mean that's a good point. Like if I mean we'd have to go into the metaphysical happenings of what of what went on, right? So the 
the white gods team sends a messenger, whatever that looks like. I mean, presumably literally an angel. Nicodemus is able to waylay it somehow. Like, how does that all fit into the balance, right? The white well, god already yeah. cheated by sending a messenger in by one perspective. Nicodemus was able to balance it out by stopping it, but maybe Ulshuravas was another conduit, kind of like what you were saying, where they were able to get the prophecy to where it needed to go right. by by Ulshuravas. So, if, if this were some world like Sanctuary in the Diablo universe or something, the balance is already there because you got the good guys, you got the bad guys, and they all just kind of duke it out, and then that's it. Right. Rather than uh, any kind of larger metaphysical concern, like you're saying. So, well, I mean, I don't know, and I mean, we could call it a cheat that the white god is even to able to send an angel, even though we know angels pop up. Sure. And I don't think uh, Nicodemus waylaid an archangel, for example. But if, for the sake of argument, the Denarians already knew this prophecy and what it was, then on balance, the knights would or should have to know it too in order to be there to combat them or do whatever they're going to do. And if Nicodemus doesn't want them involved, so he's going to knock that aside and try and keep them out of it. It could be something as simple as the way the prophecy was received. They managed to know about Yeah, some even know about it in advance and managed to distract the attention of the person receiving the message at some opportune time. You know? That's why I'm glad this is the That's only all, book with a prophecy of any kind in it. And actually, like I mean, it just that... shows up. Yeah, and that's all. It's all good points because Nicodemus had to know about it in advance so that they could know to waylay the angel, and the angel was probably sent because, however, Nicodemus came about it in the first place. So that that really all just kind of like and Nicodemus purposely wanted them only to have half of the prophecy in order to get the knights to think that Harry shouldn't be involved. But then he gets Harry involved, and then what? well, I think I think what happened is I mean he would have been fine with them not knowing it, but then he saw an opportunity that it's like, if I give them only half of it, then it, that'll fuck up plans more. You know, like, like I, I said earlier, like it, maybe he just wanted Michael on tilt. Maybe he just wanted, but I don't whatever. think it, I mean, it seemed like Shiro understood the whole thing. Yeah. It, because like Shiro, he did the, are the, you saying that the, a lot of what the knights do make sense? Like the fact that they can just fucking know shit. Like, Hey, where are we supposed to go? That way. Why? Because I fucking go that way. I because don't know. Because I saw the arrow over <laughs> his head, clearly. Right? Because <laughs> I, I smelled something good. Because whatever. Bad. He goes after whatever, bad. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is, exactly. Uh, each knight has some particular way. That's that's not too big of a world. And it's considering this led to Shiro's um, retirement, right. <laughs> he yeah. did seem to know that he was going to go into that position, and he seemed perfectly fine with it because he's zen that way. Well, and he wrote a letter, so we kind of know. Yeah, yeah. No, he totally, he knew. <laughs> yeah. He was fine with it. Right. It's just, the, the prophecy and all and everything Nicodemus was trying to do seemed both conflicting with itself and useless because Shiro already knew it all. Yeah. Well, we or... You have to, or, or to consider the, the Denarians are a little bit overstated when it comes to planning this. <laughs> <laughs> they have been introduced as these super, super baddies that Bob wants. You know, you can't even have their sigil on a napkin, and yet they lose every time. So. And that, and I mean, yeah, it just kind of goes into it's like if, if dude had been asleep for ninety percent of the last two thousand years, he should still be kicking Dresden's ass. Like, right? I mean, the yeah. fact that he got, I mean, sword or no sword, that he was 
stalemated even briefly by like Murphy and Skinner. You know, they, there are moments. For fuck's sake. There, <laughs> there, are, there are plenty of moments where these guys, everything about them is just undercut by the actions on screen. Well, and and I mean, I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there for completeness. The, uh... Let's let the NASCAR race go by first. Right. So uh, for for completeness, the swords are equalizers is the best way we've discussed it. Because again, otherwise, like how would Michael have taken down a big D dragon if it wasn't the will of the White God to do so? And so, like because at Terry, the very because least, Molly, I'm sure there's fate in that. Yeah, like like at the very least, there's they equalize in some way, but that shouldn't extend to Harry, in my opinion. That shouldn't like, extend to a guy that's got supposedly, like, at a minimum, what, 1,500 years of swordplay experience versus sure. a 40-year-old uh, five-foot-nothing cop? Yeah, yeah, here's your... She doesn't know how to sword fight because it's convenient or whatever, you know? Well, no, but... she knows how to sword fight <laughs> because it's convenient, but I'm saying if you're going to give that sort of... Like, if you're going to make her this sharpshooting, Aikido master, katana-wielding badass, all right, fine. But this still, she's still fighting someone who's got ten times her experience at a minimum so, of swordplay. Two things. One, despite your objections, his record is still unbroken. Every night he's gone up against, he wins. Two... I, I think it's even brought up in this book or it's one of the other ones, but it, it's much harder to fight somebody who doesn't know the rules when you know all the rules. Right. So, you know, we could, we could play that whole thing. Like, you know, she, she doesn't know how to fight on Nicodemus's level and that distracts him for a few minutes, but ultimately he does win and kick her ass and, you know, every, everything's good from his perspective anyway, but like they talk about it, right? What's what's the life expectancy of a knight? You know, uh, but it the my problem with it is all that shits off screen, right? Like I would like to see some some way for them to convey while he's on screen, like how scary badass he is. You know, like the breakfast scene goes a long ways towards it. It seems like he had Dresden's number for uh, for a number of things. He's got him underwater. He's got him locked up. He's got the the manacles later, you know, stuff yeah, like later, that. Yeah, later, which is, that occurred to me this time. It's like, ah, I guess the manacles hadn't been invented by Jim yet. Right, right. So, and I mean, get reinvented with fairy steel because that's convenient and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so all of that happens, but it's like when he's on screen, he just doesn't sell me as the badass, you know. We've just got, he sacked Alexandria and he's killed every night he's ever gone up against. You, you know, because I told you, you know, that's a... You're not showing me. Show me he's a badass. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it would be one thing if he would, and he is always thwarted by the main character, but he's now, he gets thwarted by main character proxies later on. I get you. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, I, I couldn't make a complaint if it's always, he's going up against that. Well, what do you expect? Harry's the main character. He's got the plot armor. This, that, right. Other thing. Well, since, you know, Harry and, and Murphy are going to get married, then she's got plot armor by yeah. proxy, too. So. Oh, <laughs> Until she dies. To, and so uh, what's Butter's uh, excuse? Oh, he got a lightsaber, uh, you know. Yeah. I, machina. Hell, for all I care, the next time Butter's is on screen, he can get his ass kicked. Because that would... It'd be funny, too, to see him draw the, the haft of the sword and it not appear. And it's like, this has never happened before. It just gets his ass kicked. Like, because that's the thing. It's like you know, people rag on butters and, and everything, but it's like, he's not going to be able to do the same things that Michael and, and the yeah, other knights did. Mid-40s, 5'3". Well, no, he's going to be able to do it now. 
doesn't have a sword. No, he's, because he's got a lightsaber, and it's therefore, quote-unquote, more powerful against the supernatural side. It's not going to be as effective against your average goon. Right. But So Butters is totally going to be able to stay around, because just being near this lightsaber is going to hurt the people. Just switch in places, though. Like the, the <sighs> scene with Michael. Michael stabbed through the door to kill a goon. Butters yeah. is going to be able to do that with his right hey, saber. I saw them do that in the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. with an actual but, lightsaber because it's a physical thing. Right. <laughs> this is not. This is if you waved your I mean, hand through it. You're just it's something a physical normal sword and breaks it. Of course, you can if, probably if go butters, through physical objects. If Butters does it, though, I, he will have definitely jumped the shark. Like, I, I won't even be able to defend that anymore because, like, so far, like, a loads of people have been like, ah, oh, fan service, and he's just writing it because he wants to and whatever with the lightsaber thing. But I'm like... Again, I'm gonna let him have this one. Let's see what happens, and you know, blah blah blah. But if he does start like cutting dudes through doors and shit, I'm like, no. Sorry. No, he's gonna dodge it by having butters off screen for most of the books. Why would you not just pop up? Why do you, what, what do you think is wrong with that? If he did that, because it, it's already shown he he would theoretically be able to do that. Because it's the aura of goodness. It's not a tangible physical thing. Like, how does it block a normal sword in Nicodemus's hands? Because Nicodemus is holding it. Right, Possibly. or or because, because that sword is evil itself, you know, like that yeah. sword is stained with the blood of the innocent, therefore it can cut through it. Sure, two thousand years worth of bad shit happened. I don't know. I mean, so. it's a katana, right? I don't think he actually, it's actually something he's had for two thousand years. He's the Highlander. He invented the katana. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I just think you can go through physical objects, and you're gonna be disappointed because I think it's like it can. No, it absolutely, almost certainly can. Because it did. Right. Yeah, that would be... Well, but I, it it would contradict his own his own Q&A, right? Because he's talked about how it's just... It's not an actual sword. He can't employ it in the same, the same way. So it's stronger and weaker at the same time. It can't be broken because, you know, it's already broken. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope not. I Let's don't know either. Oh... <sighs> Yeah. All right, so are we doing part two or are we done? Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's so much to talk about. So much to talk Next about, time, right? turkeys. Yes. Is I there try. anything you want to bring up quickly, specifically? You think, as you said, since you say there's so much? Like, did you think we missed out well, on Well, I mean, uh, he's being facetious. <laughs> no, I mean, there, there actually is. I was thinking a lot earlier that we didn't get to, but uh, the, the ritual, the. Uh, uh, the playing, the two purposes of the denarians of the other. I mean, we the way these these are these rereads are going. We're talking about every book as we talk about every book, and just kind of focusing on one. So it's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it is a retrospective, so we kind of like we do like we jump around. Think like, yeah. this we that. read one book and we talk about changes instead. <laughs> yeah, peace talks. Everything happens. And mirror, mirror. Also, yeah, I was like mirror, mirror. We we're using it more as like a speculation engine than. Uh, retrospective so <laughs> guess what black council didn't actually show up and do anything in this one like that's my main takeaway huh like unless you mm -hmm. want to count the tattoo that you're angry about because i'm telling you Ortega. no it was like i would say unless it's actually ortega is yeah. black council exactly yeah. but because the black council wants the war so ortega but even in your notes you were wondering like why does ortega want to to keep harry as a vampire so bad like well because he's a starborn you said that in your notes. Yeah, that's fair. But so, like, that might be that might be that part of it. Like, that doesn't mean, or nut. 
that doesn't mean black council. So. Well, yeah, no, I mean it's, it's the same. It's the same going back to grave peril. The idea that if the decision is that he lets them take Susan and the war still kicks off anyway, they're they're eliminating this piece um, on the board that says here's the reason why the war is continuing because he wants the break in order for it to keep going. So Harry being a starborn or not, it still achieves what he wants. He gets mm -hmm. the excuse out of the way, but then they can sucker punch them again later because that's what he wants them to right. do. And then I, they'd have a better sucker punch with Dresden, but presumably, yeah. But even if they, even if he was, you know, generic wizard A, and it achieves what Ortega is looking for. All right, Ben, plug all the shit. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, thank you. This has been a production of the Broken Jaws Podcasting Network, uh, the Dresden Files Podcast, the very professional Dresden Files Podcast. <laughs> Uh, we have other podcasts in the uh, Broken Jars podcasting network, which we encourage you to listen to. High Fantasy is still hiatus. Mm -hmm. Although Colin <laughs> did finish his uh, writing a novel in a month thing several oh, days early, so congratulations to him. Uh, congratulations. Uh, we also have Sim Talk starring Jacob, not just Jacob, but the other Jacob. Sim Talk is a very popular podcast about Sim Talk. Very professional, um, that one. Very professional. <laughs> And what else we got? Uh, oh, Office. Office. The Office. What's it called? Great Listen. Scott. Great Scott. That's right. Jesus. Watch the Great Scott podcast. It's about. You know, you could pull up our website and just read it, right? Yeah. No, no, we have them all listed there. professional podcast would do, and we don't. <laughs> <Yeah. know this. laughs> Broken because Ben sucks at this job, apparently. So. Hey, what? Uh, no, you just foisted it on me after I stole it a couple. You times. volunteered the last like four shows, so because <laughs> yep. he likes the sound of his own voice. I do like the sound of my own voice. I, it's very professional sounding when, you, when he talks. Broken in Jars school. Podcasting Network. Okay. Anyway, was yeah. there anything else? No. Oh, We're next just week. Wait for the director to hit the thing.